China is sending the world a powerful warning about how bad their situation has become and what that means for the rest of us, because that's what the term globally synchronized really means. They threw that out as a bumper sticker slogan in 2017, threw the, attached the word growth to it and hoped that it meant something. Well, we were always globally synchronized. It was just never growth. That means that if the Chinese are experiencing big problems to the point that they feel they need to intervene, as well as to announce measures or at least promise to support their own economy, that's a reflection on the rest of the world too. So the more the Chinese feel they have to get involved, especially since China does not want to get involved in these ways, the worse we know the situation has become. So the Politburo introduced, well, they didn't really introduce a whole lot, but it created a lot of buzz for what they said. But before we get to that, the Chinese have been taking concrete steps to try to stabilize the situation in the yuan, because the yuan, not the dollar, as the BRICS people would have you believe, has gotten weaker and weaker and weaker. And the reason it's gotten weaker is because dollar providers look at China, look at the rest of the world and realize the problems around the rest of the world are really going to impact the Chinese and are demanding higher cost from the Chinese. In, in, in order to try to stabilize the yuan and combat those higher premiums, we've seen state-owned commercial banks aggressively, more aggressively recently, intervene in the currency markets. Now, it's always couched in, in the language of traders, where you'll see news reports saying that Chinese commercial banks are selling dollars to buy yuan in order to strengthen yuan. What they're really doing is borrowing in largely swaps markets, maybe borrowing from central authorities and re-lending in local currency markets, whether onshore or offshore. And what we've seen lately, what we've heard lately is confirmation that these commercial banks have been aggressively re-lending in both onshore and offshore currency markets because the PBOC's own efforts to try to stabilize Yuan, those aren't working either. So there's a lot to go over here in terms of China. None of it is really very good, though it is being taken as a positive because the Chinese are going to stimulate. If they're intervening in the currency market, so the thinking goes, they're about to unleash their inner keens all over again. No, as I said at the top, China's, the fact that even China is talking about these things, not really uh, coming up with details, that is a warning about how bad the situation has become. After all, consider how great China reopening was supposed to be. And now in the wake of, we're only in the middle of July and China reopening is a complete and total afterthought at this point. In fact, the Chinese feel that they have to do a lot more. So a lot about what China tells us about our own situation. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Eurodollar University memberships are available. Anniversary coming up, or actually the anniversary we just had, but there'll be anniversary specials coming up. We'll have those up on the website shortly in the next couple of days for a look for those. Memberships are exclusive video content on the Eurodollar system. What is it? Why are the Chinese so mad at it? Why are they having so much of a big struggle with it? Uh, we also do research subscriptions, a daily briefing at Contributed Markets Insider Pro, as well as a daily deep dive analysis where we answer those questions. Why are the Chinese having so much difficulties in the Eurodollar system? Why is the Eurodollar system creating so many difficulties for so many around the world? All the information available for you, including the anniversary stuff in the next couple of days at our, at our website, eurodollar.university. 
So we know Chinese commercial banks, the state-owned banks, at the behest, well, likely at the behest of authorities, have been intervening to try to stabilize the currency. We don't know for sure because we'll never know for sure. That's how the communists always operate. But it's a, it's a reasonable so, uh, assumption that commercial banks, the large commercial banks, have been intervening in the yuan to support it by relending dollars that they borrow from elsewhere. They can borrow at better terms than other, other participants in the market, especially the Japanese increasingly reluctant to supply dollars too. But that doesn't mean the authorities haven't done, have done nothing. They haven't just sat back and let the currency fall. They did that before, but around the end of June, when we really started to see uh, Chinese commercials uh, intervene as much as, as much as we have, that's when something changed, something transitioned. CNY seemed to have crossed some kind of red line for the government, got weak again, it got, got so weak it was down around to where it had been last October and November, which were the lowest they had, which is lowest that the yuan has gone since 2008. So any lower, and you're looking at a 15 and a half year low, which is probably making authorities quite nervous because of what that signals to the rest of the world. The situation in China being among the worst in a worsening situation worldwide. So what the Chinese have done, the PBOC, is to fix the central parity rate stronger. And I've talked about this before, and we'll go over it again just briefly here. The Chinese currency isn't a, isn't a free-floating currency. It has a limited trading band where the PBOC, the authorities come in and say, we're gonna set a central parity rate and then allow the currency exchange value to fluctuate around that central parity. And if the exchange rate tends to be weaker, then what that means is that given the, uh, the setup here, authorities in Beijing promise that they will support the yuan if it gets too weak and goes outside of this approved daily trading band. And support the yuan means the same thing from authorities as it does from commercial Chinese banks. That means that they're going to sell dollars and buy yuan, which means they're going to support and supply dollars in the, in the currency markets, usually from out of their own reserve stash and reserve piles. Oh, there's contingent liabilities there that make it complicated. But either way, by fixing the central parity stronger than where the market was or the market is going to be, what they're saying is we're, we're getting ready if we need to, to support Yuan by actually supplying dollars. And then they're bringing in the commercial banks on top to give that a little bit of an extra push, to give the currency an extra push in the direction that they want it to go. And this really goes back to the end of June. June 26 is where you first notice it. Because on June 26, the PBOC fixed the central parity according to CFETs at 7.2056, even though the rate by then the market rate, the market exchange rate was 723 heading to 724. So that was the day Chinese authorities said, we're going to start doing something about the falling yuan. And it was also the day that we really saw aggressive action from commercials. So this was a combined effort, a stronger fix along with commercials supporting yuan, supplying dollars, relending dollars, which was meant to get the CNY to stop falling and to maybe stabilize around that level. Well, it didn't really work because initially there was a, some reaction, but then the yuan got weaker, it got a little bit stronger, and then it got weaker again, even though Chinese authorities, the PBOC, has maintained their central parity stronger than the market rate. In fact, going back to July 14, the central parity, they've been holding it rather, rather relatively steady 
at 713 to 714, even though CNY sank down into 720s again. But then we saw commercial banks come back in and they're, the Chinese are fighting a battle against the euro dollar system, trying to supply dollars and trying to get the market to supply dollars by instilling, instilling some sort of confidence that authorities will do what it takes to borrow the phrase from Mario Draghi to support CNY. So just come in with your dollars because we'll be there to support it, even if you're somewhat reluctant to do so. It's more of a psychological tactic on the part of authorities, right out of the right straight out of the Western playbook, than anything else. Though backed up by these efforts from the commercial banks to supply some dollars to try to make it all seem like a real currency stabilization. But as we'll see with all the rest of the tactics that are that the Chinese are talking about, it's more talk than it is actual action. The Politburo Bureau yesterday. They released a statement about their mid-year economic review, which got a lot of people buzzing for, I think, the wrong reasons. But it's understandable why they would. Essentially, the Politburo said, hey, this situation is not what we were hoping for just three months ago in April. So we're going to change things up a little bit. The statement actually changed its language in a couple key areas, though maybe not as much as people would like. What they basically said was, yeah, we're not going to do Keynes. We're not going to go into massive fiscal and monetary stimulus, not that it stimulates anything anyway. Instead, we're going to take a closer look at the property market, which that's where all the buzz has been. So the statement said it's going to continue to implement an active fiscal policy, which means nothing because China's economy has gotten into this bad shape, despite the, the fiscal policies the government has been pursuing already. So continuing the same policy isn't going to fix China's situation. Even this, they say, we're going to extend, optimize, improve, and enforce tax cuts and fee reductions, accelerate the issuance and the use of local government special bonds. So that's going to be a tricky situation because local governments are debt riddled and they don't want to get into trouble either. So there's some reluctance without some guarantees from the central governments to do something upon local bonds. So fiscal stimulus, that's not happening. The Chinese say, we're not going to do that. So don't even get your hopes up there. As far as monetary policy is concerned, they said, the Politburo said, they're going to continue to implement a prudent monetary policy and let aggregate and structural monetary policy tools play the roles. Again, we're basically going to do the same thing as we've done before, which is not a good thing because those haven't worked. And in fact, the, the PBOC has already put this statement into action when last month or this month, they did not cut their loan prime rates or didn't cut the MLF rate, which would have led to reductions in the loan prime rates. Instead, loan prime rates were steady in July after a very modest cut in June, the first one in some time, first one going back to last August. So take the Politburo statement at its word. They're not going to flood the system with Keynesian stimulus, neither monetary or fiscal, um, because that's not what they did. Ever since the 19th Party Congress, the Chinese have said, we're not in the business of quantity growth anymore. It can't be because of the, the situation in the property sector and the lack of economic growth generated by the lack of economic recovery. It just makes no sense to continue to waste government funds on projects that go nowhere. More ghost cities they don't actually need. But the property sector, in fact, the property sector is one of China's own internal issues. And the Politburo statement made clear for the first time, they're recognizing how the property sector, the real estate market 
is a big internal drag to go with everything else. Uh, so they said, the Politburo statement said, they're going to adapt to the major change in supply-demand relations in the property market and make timely adjustments to optimize real estate policies. Well, that's a lot of flowery language and non-specific terminology. Fits right at home in any U.S. corporation C-suite. Essentially, they say, hey, we recognize we have a property market problem. Not really announcing any concrete steps to do anything about it. Except for more of the same, which is in the same vein as common prosperity in Xi Jinping thought. They're going to increase construction and supply of low-income housing, actively push for urban village renovation, and the building of public facilities suitable for both daily and emergency uses, and re revitalize all types of idling properties. Okay, we have a major problem in the property market. We're going to continue to develop our same measures that are consistent with the the Xi, Jin, Xi Jinping thought that we've been following, the directives we've been following all along. The biggest problem with China's property sector is that in combating the, the asset bubble, the housing bubble that China has been experiencing that was blown in the wake of the 2009 crisis, the Keynesian stimulus that only wasted uh, time and effort and resources, what they've done is they've hamstrung developers by saying, you can't take on more debt than uh, they've created these three red lines where you can't take on too much excessive debts. And the government has defined what, is, what, what, uh, what qualifies in, as excessive. And because developers aren't allowed to take on a lot more debt to continue developing properties, that's caused a number of knock-on collateral effects, including the fact that most developers are having trouble fi finishing properties. They're having trouble selling properties because they can't finish them, which leaves them cash flow poor, which only creates more and more problems because as they can't generate cash, they can't borrow more funds. Now they're into the situation of defaults, which leads to more housing problems and on and on and on, which in macroeconomic terms means that among other problems, not a whole lot of private development, uh, so therefore not a whole lot of private investment, fixed asset investment is negative in China, not a good sign there, long run uh, supply side. Retail sales remain incredibly weak because consumers, their household wealth is attached to the property sector. And as long as the property sector remains a huge black cloud, consumers aren't spending and they're not going to spend. But the bigger problem is that China is getting no external boost that it was counting on to help it weather these internal dynamics. In fact, the Politburo statement said, Currently, the economy is facing new difficulties and challenges, mainly due to insufficient domestic demand, which we talked about, difficulties in the operation of some enterprises, well, that's their own fault, many risks and hidden dangers in key areas, and a grim and complex external environment. A grim and complex external environment. That is the globally synchronized problem that we've been talking about. That is priced into weakening China's yuan against all the other currencies. And this grim and complex external environment is exactly what we've been talking about for quite some time. But just yesterday, all the PMI data that we got from the United States as well as Europe, the ugly numbers, the trade statistics we just got from Japan, ugly, especially where it comes to China, both exports from Japan to China as well as imports from China to Japan, South Korea. In other words, the global trade and goods recession is really impacting the Chinese heart, as you would expect it to. 
And so what the Chinese are telling us is that, hey, we see it. This global trade recession, it's really causing us a major problem. It's not giving us the margin and space that we need to try to, to, try to navigate our housing and property sector troubles. And so now we have to intervene in CNY to try to instill some confidence in the currency to at least have a chance of stabilizing the global economic situation or the local economic situation from the global economic situation before it gets worse and worse and worse. This isn't stimulus. This is a recognition of massive global problems that are really hitting the Chinese exceptionally hard, which we know we can see it priced into CNY. Given the gravity of the situation, the amount of difficulties here, you have to, I mean, I find, take note of what they were talking, what the Politburo statement said as far as how they foresee the recovery proceeding, because they're still thinking China reopening is happening and that the recovery will just be, in their own words, a wave-like fashion that proceeds as a torturous process. Not only that, the Politburo statement also mentioned risks repeatedly. So again, this is a this statement isn't a, hey, we're going to save the world with stimulus. We're going to save the property market by doing something different. What they're saying is, we recognize the situation in the, in the United States, yes, in the United States as well as the rest of the world has changed. It's become more grim and more complicated, and that has created more problems for China that, re, that for the time being, aren't letting reopening take care of their economic woes. And so the Chinese are warning us that they see these problems too, not that they're prepared to do much about it because there really isn't much they can do. Even the PBOC's intervention in the, C in the currency arena is more, is, it's, it's more talk, as Ben Bernanke once said, than it is anything else. And so is this Politburo statement. Long on talk, short on actual concrete steps to do anything. And the reason is because they don't really know what to do. The situation is grim and complex. It's globally synchronized. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University research subscribers, Markets Insider Pro research subscribers, and of course, happy anniversary, all our Eurodollar University members. Until next time, take care.